0: Welcome to ACUM Insight, the new weekly podcast about higher education by the Association of Independent Colleges and Universities in Massachusetts. This week, ACUM Senior Vice President and General Counsel Rob McCarran interviews Tim Murray, President of the Worcester Chamber of Commerce. To begin, here's Rob McCarran.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Rob McCarran, Senior Vice President and General Counsel at Acom. Thank you for taking the time to tune in to this episode of Acom Insight. This is Acom's podcast that we use to highlight the people, policies, and programs associated with the higher education sector here in Massachusetts. This week, I will be speaking with Tim Murray, President of the Worcester Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Tim brings with him an amazing list of experiences in public service. Uh, he currently serves as president of the Worcester Chamber of Commerce and has done so since June of 2013. He's twice was elected lieutenant governor of Massachusetts, serving alongside Governor Deval Patrick. He is a lifelong resident of Worcester and a former mayor of the city of Worcester. And he's a longtime friend of ACOM. as uh, a graduate of Western New England University School of Law and currently serves as a trustee um, for Anna Maria College.
0: Tim, welcome to ACOM Insight. Rob, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, clearly, uh, we are blessed here in Central Massachusetts as, uh, in our chamber service region, the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. We serve about thirty-five cities and towns in Central Mass, and uh, in them, a number of colleges and universities, which are a big part of our college, uh, which are a big part of our economy here in the in the region as well.
1: Yeah, you're, you know, you're exactly right. It, and that's, uh, I think, Worcester is kind
0: of um, just a
1: great, a great ecosystem to see how, how higher education plays such an important role. And and it seems like um, Worcester Chamber of Commerce seems like the perfect fit for you, given your history of public service, your knowledge of state and local government, and, and as you just mentioned, your appreciation and understanding for what colleges and universities bring to the, to, to the Massachusetts economy, to the Worcester economy. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do, the Worcester Chamber of Commerce and, and the mission that you have to and, and how you support uh, the business community in, in the area um, you were just referring to.
0: Yeah, well, I, I just wrapped up uh, my, my seventh year uh, anniversary of coming to the Worcester Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. And uh, I, it, it's not my first stint, ironically. I worked uh, as an uh, employee when I was in high school. I was basically the, the mail, mail clerk, courier, I would set up and break down tables after meetings, and uh, it was a really great learning experience for me, and that would have been in the 80s, uh, to see the role that the chamber played in convening uh, leaders in, in the business community, in higher ed, and our arts and cultural uh, venues, to kind of come up with strategies and initiatives that would strengthen the, the, the area's economy. And you know, Worcester, for those that are not familiar with the history of it, but for a hundred years, manufacturing carried the economy of not only the city, but, but central Massachusetts. Uh, but serendipitously, during that time, a number of colleges and universities were present here, and some grew over time, whether it be, uh, you know, Consiglian uh, Community College as a result of the leadership of Governor uh, uh, Foster Furcolo, who, who yep. helped create our our, our our community college system, uh, Anna Maria, where I'm on the board, you know, uh, celebrating anniversary. But over time, the col- presence of college and universities grow, UMass Medical School, and, and they, they're coming here. And uh, the economy has transitioned now, Rob, so that the biggest employers uh, sectors in the region, uh, healthcare is our biggest employer. But a lot of that growth in healthcare was fueled and continues to be fueled by our higher ed campuses and students and research and faculty our second biggest employer in the region is education higher ed being the the major driver of that financial services is a, is a big uh, the third factor and then fourth is manufacturing so higher ed has become more and more prominent and has fueled other sectors because of the intellectual capital and brain power uh, and ideas that are generated
1: yeah and that's it we see that story over and over again but I think I think Worcester is particularly um, just such a great example of of what higher ed um, the students the faculty everyone that makes up the higher ed community what it means to to a region and to a rebirth because I, I think Worcester has definitely is in the middle of a of a renaissance that um, that's amazing because you mentioned being at the chamber uh, as an intern back in the in the late 80s um, I was at Clark University in the late 80s and and I, it's amazing to see where the city has, 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 has transitioned from, from that period of time. And it was a great place to be, to go to college in the 80s, a lot of fun. But to see where the city is now uh, and the role that the colleges have played um, in, in that renaissance, it's really amazing.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Clark, during the time you were there, uh, was a leader in part of that kind of renaissance and, and engagement beyond the gates of, of the campus. Uh, under previous presidents, uh, Dick Trainer and John Bassett, Clark, working closely back. Uh, uh, I was a counselor and then uh, later as mayor, we worked with them. But they worked with the, the, then, the then city leadership, Congressman um, McGovern, uh, as well as uh, Senator Kennedy at the time, and helped uh, recreate a neighborhood that had been challenged because of the shutdown of manufacturing that really kind of carried a neighborhood economy and they played a role working with the local community development corporation and a whole redevelopment of the neighborhood which has been immensely successful um, and and we continue to see some of the benefits of that engagement the umass medical school helped spawn the biotech park and which is expanding even more to a biomanufacturing park having the presence of the college and universities is why major companies like a the Hanover Insurance and others, Unum and the financial services, our banks, they have access to the, those students and the talent. Um, so so it's a big part of how we recruit at the chamber when we talk to companies that are thinking about growing and expanding, whether it be the Red Sox A team that are going to be playing baseball here in April of 2021, uh, to innovation companies, to retail, uh, you know, the colleges and universities, the purchasing power of the students, it's a big part of our, our, how we sell the region.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the last time we may have um, been at the same event together um, before uh, COVID um, changed everyone's lives. It was. I think it was something an event at WPI where the uh, um, Worcester Red Sox uh, were rolling out uh, another announcement as part of their um, the, their movement. Their move from Pawtucket to, to Worcester. Um, and, and it's really interesting to see how the, the schools, the colleges, universities in Worcester are part of that, that whole um, that whole project and what it's going to mean um, for the city of Worcester and, and, the, and the economic growth that's going to come with having a ballpark downtown uh, and, and the, the restaurants and businesses that will be created around that ballpark. And, and I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to it being a reality because it's such an easy drive for me. Um, I live in Wellesley. It's an easy drive not going into Boston, and and so look forward to being able to go and and, um, watch a game and and see the next generation of of Red Sox players there uh, playing in Worcester.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And in the midst of this COVID-19 health and economic crisis, I think we all look forward to the day where we can sit in the ballpark with uh, family and friends. And certainly the AAA is is affordable, but uh, it's going to be a magnificent park, Polar Park, one of our major manufacturers of beverages uh, stepped up for the naming rights, the business community, including some of our higher ed partners, uh, have uh, become founding partners of the team. And uh, it's about you know 140 dates uh, more or less when uh, the ballpark which can accommodate the 10,000 10, people, but the 70 some odd home games, it'll bring people from all across the Northeast, teams from across the country. Uh, and give great kind of name, brand, and exposure. The Red Sox are an iconic international brand, so uh, having that uh, associated with your city is going to be a plus for the, for the region as well as the colleges and universities within it. Um, we, we also, next to the ballpark, there's a major development, which is a part of the deal, which is going to focus around uh, 400 units of housing approximately, a uh, couple hundred hotel rooms, some retail, garage, And uh, in and around the ballpark district, which includes that development I just mentioned, there's been a whole new level of private sector investment and reinvestment into a neighborhood that has had some challenges, Um, properties that were underutilized or contaminated as former old manufacturing sites have been cleaned up. So it really is a a pretty significant project just on the other side of the railroad tracks in our downtown uh, and, and all in close proximity. Probably a quarter of a mile from Worcester's Union Station, where we have the MBTA twenty plus uh, train trips a day. Our bus, private and public bus companies. So just a central location. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it is, and and I I join you in in looking forward to being uh, to having the opportunity to do that, to to have that type of experience, and and it does make you think about, um, you know, think back to March when when COVID hit and. All the colleges, almost within um, within a few days of each other, decided. You know, we have to de-densify. We have to get students off campus. This is going to be a a big deal. And and this and the schools did that and moved stu- and moved students uh, off campus, sent them home, de-densified. They uh, went to remote learning. They uh, kept faculty and staff that could working from home. Um, and 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 they kept. Uh, so there were some students that couldn't go home and, and, and the, and the schools stayed open and, and are still uh, housing those students and feeding them and, and, and providing those services. But, but when you think about those you know, the, those tens of thousands of students now gone from Worcester um, and the impact it had on, on the local businesses and, and um, the retail the restaurants and then just the shock to the economy, similar to the shock that's been felt by economies across the nation and around the world how have you? How has the you and the chamber um, pivoted to help members during these times when when so much kind of disruption and chaos is going on?
0: Well, with the support of our chamber board, we opened up our our services here at the chamber to non non chamber member businesses as part of our broader mission to serve the the business community at large and uh, our mission to promote economic development and job creation. So we have opened up our services assist businesses in a variety of different ways, uh, sharing information, advocating referrals. So we've been very busy trying to help as many businesses as possible stay viable, but particularly our small businesses and our restaurant and hospitality industry have been really devastated by this. Um, Many are resilient, are finding ways to claw back, but this is going to be a real challenge. And, you know, in listening to so many of uh, these small businesses' stories, You know, they talk about having, you know, the business that they've lost uh, and and so much of the business that they lost were during the part of the year that were really important for them. Centered around our colleges and universities and to some extent uh, with students coming to visit, you know, prospective schools with their families, uh, looking at schools, visiting schools, graduation, parties, holiday events, the hotel industry. Those were booking days and nights over the course of a couple of months that were really, uh, you know, important for them. So if anything, I would say that, that this situation is reinforced to many of our, our businesses uh, and policymakers, how important the presence of our colleges, universities in the city are to, to our economy. Um, so, you know, it's something that we, we uh, look to get getting back to a sense of normalcy at some point in the not too distant future.
1: No, that's a really it's an interesting point because you um, and part of Acom's um, mission is to tell the story of, of private higher education and what it means to the um, culture and economy of Massachusetts. And and sometimes you you talk to elected officials and you try to you know make the point that you just made and, and think, well, can, can you imagine what it would be like without having these students and these uh, the faculty and staff and just the, the energy and the mission and, and the economic Uh, benefit that flows from all of these colleges. Um, But it was always a hypothetical, you know, because how can you imagine them not being there because they always are there and then COVID hit and they weren't there and, and you didn't have to talk hypothetically what it would be like. And, and and we've seen that play out um, in cities and towns, you know, across the Commonwealth.
0: No, no, without a doubt. And um, you know, it's, as, as the businesses look to, especially those that have been, been closed or just now reopening under the various phases here in the Commonwealth. The fact that this is happening while our students are not here is going to make it a little bit more challenging. But hopefully with our fingers crossed this time during the summer uh, and some of the outdoor, expanded outdoor dining and venues that are being allowed, uh, will allow them to uh, kind of test run this. And if students come back and are in some shape, manner, or form to the campuses in the fall, uh, we'll be ready, and uh, that'll be an important step step forward for for all of us. Yeah.
1: I know all of the the, the colleges and, and universities we work with, um, and now it's every day. Um, they all are planning, uh, doing the, the 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 real difficult planning and and decision making that is needed to to do that, which is to welcome the students and faculty and staff back on campus um, in the fall, um, and and you know. Hopefully that is what we're, look, we're talking about in September. The students are back. Um, and it makes me uh, think about one of the things that you've been doing at, at through the chamber, and that is working on, um, uh, you know, sometimes people, t- uh, people will talk about the, the brain drain um, that's associated with some college universities where students come here to Massachusetts, they stay for, to go, they go to college and they're here for four years and then they leave. But you've actually at the chamber taken steps to try to be- do a, uh, connect those students to, to the business community through internships and other levels of engagement. Can you talk a little bit about those efforts?
0: Yeah, there are three words that we use to try to frame our work every day here at the chamber. It's recruit and retain and incubate. It's a, you know recruiting new businesses to the region. Uh, and the fact that we have 13 colleges and universities in the city and region are a big part of that recruitment pitch. Uh, as we look to retain jobs and companies, uh, part of that is making sure that you know, there are our awareness among our employers about internship opportunities at our campus, the various majors and programs that exist that may uh, relate to their business, where they can um, access employees uh, as per- in prospective students who could become future employees. Uh, I-, I think, as we've learned through this situation and the Great Recession, there's a value to work-related experiences while in college and So we've been trying to facilitate a lot of that and then incubate. How do we incubate new businesses? Uh, Even in our liberal arts schools, uh, you know, there's an increased focus on making sure that young people think, you know, and have the skills and think about, hey, you've got a major, you've got a, a degree. It's not just about going to be a good employee, but think about starting your own business. If you've got an idea or a passion or an interest. And so, You know, we work, we have a a program called Startup Worcester, where we we try to incubate some of these, uh, you know, recent college grads who have ideas around businesses. And, uh, you know, so incubating is is a piece of that. And then how do you present and market a city so that it's attractive to to young people, not only while they're students, but when they um, graduate? And increasingly through the collective work of the city and... And some sister organizations of the chamber, we've made some progress. And the Red Sox are a good example of you want to create an, an environment, along with our arts and cultural venues and, and neighborhood business districts that people want to enjoy when they're not working and they're after work hours. So Worcester is, is being seen as a, a fun place to, to live, work, and play. And, and you, by doing that, you're more likely to retain students after they graduate. And yeah. we are slowly moving the needle.
1: No, it, it, it's, like I said, it's been amazing to watch and it's, um, and I think they're lucky given your position with the chamber and your, the unique experience that you bring to it through having been the Lieutenant Governor and the Mayor, but it's also, you know, people like Ed Augustus who also knows higher ed, uh, the city manager who knows the higher ed, higher ed and the importance of the colleges, universities, and it's uh, Congressman McGovern, and I don't think colleges, universities in Massachusetts have a, have a better friend and, and better, um, supporter than than um, Congresswoman McGovern, and so it, I think it's really what you're seeing on the ground is is kind of the the, the work that, that you all have done um, collectively t- to make that happen, and it's uh, it's really impressive.
0: Well, you know, as we've gone about the work over the last you know 20 years, uh, uh, you know, having strategic partners, uh, uh, MCPHS University, formerly known as the, the Mass College of Pharmacy, you know. Bringing a campus to Worcester, strategically growing and expanding, uh, adding density and activity to our downtown. Quinsigaman Community College, uh, as well, coming into our downtown. Some of the various college universities, you know, doing some, 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 some programming as well. So that adds adds to it, um, and it's trying in those strategic- WPI with the gateway. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean that that, that book book ends what what Clark did. Uh, you know, WPI, uh, and now, you know, President Lori Leshin looking to take it to the next level with Gateway Park, uh, again, working with Senator Kennedy, Congressman McGovern, I was mayor, you know, taking a brownfield site, cleaning it up where we've got commercial activity and research side by side with academic academic research. And uh, as uh, President Leshin likes to say, we, we hope to make uh, Lincoln Square the next Kendall Square. And I think over time, uh, as, as WPI, which Has been such an important institution over the years uh, in terms of seeding Worcester in the central masses economy. uh, I think that certainly is something that will continue to grow and happen over time.
1: Yeah, uh, if there's someone I would never bet against, it's it's President Leshen at WPI, which uh, she's (laughs) amazing amazing energy uh, that she brings to that mission. And and,
0: And and her her, husband, John, is a a heck of a hockey goalie. Oh, really? (laughs) Fact and trivia. I did not know that. Uh, I, I just wanted to.
1: Uh, I mentioned earlier you also, in addition to being president of uh, the chamber and, and all that entails, you are a trustee at Anna Maria College. Um, how, how does you know everything that you've done from lieutenant governor to the current mission work with the chamber? Um, how does that translate into what you're doing as a trustee for Anna Maria?
0: Well, you know, at the chamber, I, I really try to. Uh, I said no to a lot of things. You know, you get asked to serve on various boards and commissions, but I've tried to keep most of my time focused on the chamber, which is my, my responsibility. And, uh, um, uh, but, you know, having grown up and lived in central mass, you know, in Worcester, my entire life, you know, one thing I've always admired about Anna Anna Maria and the sisters that started the school 75 years ago, it's just always been an underappreciated asset. Uh, and, you know, 90% of the graduates of Anna Maria are from the region or or from you know Massachusetts and stay here afterwards. And so, when I got the uh, ask from from Mary Lou Rattel to serve on the board, I thought about it and and I said, you know, I, I'd never served on a higher ed board, knowing how important higher ed is to our region. I thought it would be a good opportunity for me to learn and and appreciate some of the the challenges that that, that higher ed. Faces um, and I've really enjoyed it. It's it's a great institution, s- smaller with a personalized learning environment, uh, some great athletic programs and coaches, uh, and, and the staff and the team that I just I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know, pa- Anna Marie offers the best of both worlds. It's located in Paxton on a very beautiful, Id- idyllic, you know, New England college campus, but literally. You know, five minutes down the road, it's the city of Worcester and all the opportunities that that presents students and faculty. So I really enjoyed it. And we're lucky to have a, a, a really great leader in Mary Lou tell
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And it's it is that it, it's the perfect um, example of that of that, you know, typical New England college and what it brings to the immediate uh, community, but also to the, to, the, to the larger community in Worcester. Um, and I and I can imagine there'll be plenty of uh, Anna Maria students uh, making the trip down to to watch the the Wu and 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 or have concerts or anything else that grows up around that and um, and I guess that's why I would one of the things I would close on is you know so you you know you could check the box the Wu Sox are coming and um, the Renaissance is on what's next for um, for Worcester as it continues to evolve and thrive going no. forward the next decade.
0: Well, to stay with the the baseball uh, parlance, uh, you're only as good as your last at bat. But I think right now the focus is, you know, try to make sure the ballpark opens in April of 2021, uh, even though there's been challenges with the construction close down that took place. But we were just over there earlier today with Bart Harvey, who's the director of ballpark planning. And so it's staying focused on that project and making sure it comes to fruition and the ancillary development around it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to explore ways to complement the momentum that's underway in the city, notwithstanding this challenge. The fundamentals of our economy and what has driven it still hold. We've got a diverse economy, as I mentioned at the beginning, a number of sectors that complement each other. So it's just trying to build on that and uh, you know, make sure in concentric circles uh, we, we add to the growth and, and hopefully growth that everyone can participate in.
1: Yeah. No. so i i uh, i look forward to being able to uh, enjoy a beer at the ballpark with you and president Rattel and president les and, and hopefully that's uh right on time in 2021 and but uh want to thank you for uh taking a few moments out of a what's an incredibly busy schedule and, and taking a
0: few uh
1: taking the time to be part of uh, this uh, acom insight podcast
0: well, thank you rob thanks for having me i'll talk to you soon jim thanks Thank you for listening to ACAM Insight. We will be back with a new episode next week. Be sure to listen and share.